Hey y'all, this is What Fresh Insight, a show that looks at the big questions from new, unexpected angles. Who are we? What is really going on? And how do we bring good into this mundane, sublime, spiritual, and sometimes silly world of ours? I'm Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician. This January, I have seen a lot of different friends do something that they call dry January, or describe themselves as sober curious. A dry January just means that you're not drinking alcohol during the month of January. And when I hear people talk about being sober curious, they mean not that they want to give up alcohol entirely, but that they want to re-examine the part that alcohol plays in their diet and in their lifestyle. So all this conversation reminded me of a book that I read last summer called The Addiction Inoculation. It's by Jessica Leahy. And this is a book about preventing substance abuse in kids and young adults. And I learned something that wasn't just a new insight into alcohol and children, but completely different than what I had thought. Not just, not just a little shift, but complete opposite of what I had thought about alcohol and young people. So here is the backstory to this insight. I grew up in a teetotaling household where there just wasn't alcohol at all. And not just no alcohol, but alcohol was seen as a moral evil. Uh, so people who drank alcohol, it was like, well, they're not Christians and they shouldn't be doing that because it's bad. So I would occasionally say alcohol like in a movie. And I had a couple relatives that I'd see, you know, on a vacation who would drink alcohol. But by and large, alcohol was not something that I was really exposed to. And it was not just not in my house, but just not in my life. It wasn't in my friends' lives. It wasn't in their family's lives. Completely not completely off my radar, but basically not something that I really thought about much. And that continued when I was in college. I went to a religious school where alcohol was completely forbidden. In fact, I had, I think, three different roommates get kicked out for drinking alcohol. And so the result of all of this is that I didn't start drinking alcohol until I was in graduate school. So there's like my background. And fast forward 15 years later, and I'm thinking about, well, how do I want to have alcohol around my children? Because I drink, my husband drinks, but, you know, we have kids in the house and what, how do we want to raise them around alcohol? Because alcohol can be really uh, dangerous and problematic. So how do we, how do we think about this? Now, there's my childhood, but since then, I had always thought, well, you know, we probably should, you know, give middle school kids taste of alcohol. And probably if it's legal in our state um, for parents to give adolescents alcohol, probably... I would guess like kids should have like a half a glass of wine at Sunday dinner or at a celebration and this should be normal and alcohol should be a part of the conversation and alcohol shouldn't be something special or set aside. It shouldn't be a, a turned into this mystical other thing. It should just be part of their everyday life and they should be exposed to it. And certainly before college, kids should find out, you know, how does their body respond to alcohol and because, you know, we don't, we don't want them to binge at parties and have bad things happen to them or do bad things to other people. So that's what I thought. And oh, by the way, that's how they do it in Europe. And that's clearly a better way to do things. Right. So that's what I thought. And then I read The Addiction Inoculation. And I was like, oh, that's the complete opposite of how the research says to do things. And this is quantitative research on what are the best practices for having alcohol around kids and adolescents, young adults. Uh, turns out, yeah, I was completely wrong. And sure, maybe that's how they do things in Europe, but um, rates of alcoholism are huge in Europe and rates of binge drinking are huge in Europe. And, you know, over the, I'm sure there are nuances to that statement there. But for my purposes, thinking about how do I want to 
how do I want to think about alcohol and young people? Turns out uh, my childhood was actually pretty much right on board. Not so much with the moralizing around it, like, you know, good people can't drink alcohol, but rather the absence of alcohol in my house and in my family's life. What uh, Jessica Leahy says, uh, based on a substantial amount of research on um, young people and alcohol, what should be happening is that households shouldn't have alcohol in them. Young people should not be given access to alcohol. Alcohol should not be part of a conversation as in, oh, you're going to college, you're going to end up binge drinking, here's how to mitigate things. Or, oh, you're going to go to college and even though you're 18, you're going to start drinking and here's how to handle things. Actually, it should be an expectation of like, well, this isn't going to be part of your life until your body is fully grown. And some of this is a social thing, but some of this is also literally like brain science, not getting brains addicted to things when they are young because our bodies change. And a 25-year-old brain is different from a 15-year-old brain. So when I think about like, you know, having a liquor cabinet, well, what Leahy says is according to the research, like you shouldn't have liquor in your house uh, because of the proximity, because of the normalizing, um, because it's easy to drink a little bit and not have people notice that it's gone. So instead, parents, if they're going to drink, should have like single serve containers. Um, if there's going to be a party, you know, there's alcohol for the party and then the alcohol isn't in the house. And it's just not a normal part of things. And again, this isn't like a moral statement. This isn't people who drink alcohol are bad, but it's a, it's a way of thinking about like what is healthy for young bodies, not just socially, but physically. And saying this isn't healthy for young bodies, even in, even in small quantities, especially because of the risks of addiction to young bodies when they start when they start uh, consuming substances like alcohol. And of course, the addiction inoculation doesn't just deal with alcohol, it deals with other types of drugs and preventing like the whole substance abuse, that, that whole thing there. But I was particularly interested in the alcohol angle because it's uh, you know part of, part of the household that I currently have. Granted, I have very young children, so this is something that I'm only beginning to think about. But man, what a difference in perspective than what I had thought. Oh, sure, kids should start drinking in high school and you should, you know, encourage it and facilitate it versus nope, not at all. Their bodies are not ready for it. It's time for our read of the week and our delight. So here's our read. Snow on Snow on Snow by Cheryl Chapman with paintings by Cynthia St. James. Uh, uh, we are in the midst of snow apocalypse in St. Louis. And so I was thinking of this lovely picture book. It has these really graphic, brightly colored, chunky paintings of this little boy and his dog and they're going sledding and there's some friends and then the dog wanders away and they lose the dog and then they find the dog at the end. It's really beautiful. It's engaging. And the, the text is, has this great rhythmic feel. A really lovely book for little kids, especially when you're dealing with a lot of snow like we are here in St. Louis. And our delight. So today makes my third time to make this cobbler recipe. And I just have to share it with you because it is the easiest thing. I will link to a recipe that I wrote up uh, in an Instagram post, but you kind of don't even need a recipe. You put fruit in a pie plate. I do like uh, frozen berries and apples. You put a couple spoonfuls of sugar on it, a spoonful of flour or cornstarch, maybe a sprinkle of salt, maybe a sprinkle of cinnamon. If you want to, you don't have to. You mix it all up. You crumble up a little bit of prepared pie crust over the top, and then you pour in half a stick of butter. And then you bake it in the oven. And it is fantastic. My children love it. My husband loves it. I love it. And it takes less than 10 minutes to get, get into the oven. You don't have to make a topping. 
It's so easy and comforting. I hope that brightens your winter if you try it out. And thank you for listening to What Fresh Insight. I'm Sarah Bariza, and you can find me online at sarah-bariza.com, B-E-R-E-Z-A, and you can also find me on Instagram. I'll be back next week. Thank you.